0: tuning in to the catch podcast brought to you by dark horse tackle the best american small
1: business baits you've never heard of stocked in a monthly box use promo code the catch five off and save five dollars off your first monthly subscription to the weekend warrior box here are your hosts matt Souders and brad hicks
0: Wherever you are and wherever you're listening, thanks for tuning into the catch, Matt. What's up, dude? Oh, you know, living the life, living the life. How are you? Good, man. Staying busy. Yeah, I mean, I,
1: I could say the exact same staying busy. Work is just sucks, but it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, you got out on the uh water this week. One of us, and I just like I last you- week, I had a softball tournament to run again, so it's great.
0: Yeah, it's that time of the year for you, but it'll be over soon. So,
1: well, it's the last one for like three weeks. So, there you go. Sundays are back to where we'll be on the river as long as the stupid rain doesn't keep coming.
0: Are you fishing this weekend? Heck mm-hmm. yeah. Sweet. I got, uh, we can go Saturday or Sunday, or I can go both. So,
1: it'd be Sunday because I unfortunately got to work on Saturday.
0: Yeah. But uh, I, I had. had friday off so i went friday saturday and sunday this past weekend uh the river was flooded friday and saturday so i hit a a local lake around us and caught some fish some largemouth. hashtag largemouth suck yes
1: (laughs) green fish or poo fish but But, i there it's it's a it's a fine substitution when we can't chase the brown the brownies so i'm i'm cool with it i suppose now Tell everyone out there, because we did our first episode last week. Some people were used to it. Some people might be new, and they got the first
0: Dark Horse unboxing. Tell everybody what you caught all those fish on, all those green fish on. Dude, so I caught them on that Crocodile X-Bite Buzzbait and the X-Toad. That was sweet. They were crushing (laughs) it, like literally right up to next to the kayak. That happened twice.
1: I know. Dude, you sent me that video, and I was like, you're reeling it in. I was like, he wouldn't just send me a video of just hearing a clack in the background like I, he knows i know what a buzzbait is i've got like two boxes full of them and uh and then all i see is all i hear is right at the boat and brad's like, oh man
0: it's right. <laughs> yeah that was sweet that's cool but yeah i caught quite a few fish on the lake and then sunday rolled around and i'm like i don't want to go back out there so i tried my luck at the river and it was flowing pretty quick and it was pretty dirty And uh, ended up throwing the chatterbait for a while and caught a nice 18-incher off of it.
1: Yeah, we had uh, one of our buddies, Cam, uh, go out Sunday too, but he actually went waiting because he didn't feel comfortable to get the kayak out, which I don't blame him because he was over by uh, T-Ville, which when that water is up and moving, it is moving. Like you could – your boat, you're not stopping. It's like when we went down the mad – to the good old Pickle Park –
0: oh yeah it's going
1: i mean it moves it's it's going fast so he went out and waited he didn't catch anything because it it was moving at least i don't think he did he would have posted it so i don't think he got anything but uh yeah i mean that water was doo-doo brown and moving quick
0: yep but that was the only fish i caught sunday i was out there for like three or four hours so i was happy with it it's whatever you get it on chatterbait oh yeah
1: yeah i remember i saw the post And I was like, yeah, I'm not surprised. It's dirty. And whenever it's dirty, we can throw the jackhammer and get hammered.
0: (laughs) I love it. I'm starting to, like, you know, I'm starting to prefer fishing muddy water. Like, this, we'll get into it more this episode, but, like, the low, summer, clear water, I suck at fishing it. So, we're going to learn a little bit about that tonight. I was about
1: to say, that's why we have our guest on tonight. But I tell you what, man, I kind of like... I don't know. So it's a catch-22. I have more confidence in muddy water because that's what I'm used to, especially when I go down south. When I was down south and everything, it's all muddy water. It's all great and disgusting. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's something about catching. Like, when we were in Dale Hollow and we moved all the way up that and it was super clear, like, eight feet, you could see the bottom still. Mm -hmm. And you've seen all the, like, the uh, uh, shad running and you see some fish every now and then. Like, that's cool, especially when you see them eat. That's pretty dope.
0: Yeah, it is cool. Yeah. But enough talk. We're going to get our guest in here. So this episode, we're going to be talking about summer uh, smallmouth patterns and who who better than to bring on
2: Josh Shrinko from Smalley Talk. <laughs> there's up, a lot. There's a lot of people better than me to <laughs> get brought on. I'm just oh, the only dude. one that would come on here now. Come on now. I was about to say, <laughs> and he's humble
1: and also <laughs> truth.
2: Now, did, yeah. did you
0: So you're always like on the top leaderboards at – like the Indiana River tournaments. And that, that says something to me like, because, like, I can't catch fish in the summertime. I've tried every spot. Like, I've taken advice of other people. I, I I catch dinks in fast-moving water in the
2: summer. I don't get it.
0: So Yeah, I that's, uh, it's hard,
2: dude. Thing. It's – it's uh, I feel like when it's low and clear, I have an advantage over the field. Um, when it's, like, in the spring, which I did win – uh, term this this uh, spring when it was kind of high and muddy, but the way I look at it is, you know, if it's high and muddy, it sort of like the the fish are just more active. Mm-hmm. The, the chances that someone's going to catch a twenty or whatever is like higher uh than like, and I might catch one too, mm-hmm. you know, or I might catch a couple nice fish too, but the chances that other people are going to catch them is higher, so. When it's low and clear, I feel like it you can't you can't just approach the river like you can't uh, just chuck and wind sort mm-hmm. of thing and like get lucky. Like you're gonna have to be a little more strategic about it. So when it's low and clear, I think I have a little bit of an advantage, but I'm I'm working on my spring stuff. Like I said, I won one one this uh, spring. Um, and I think I got a little bit of something going on for my spring bite um mm-hmm. so still working on that but yeah dude um uh, i love low and clear water so we, we can Heck talk yeah. all day about it Heck so. yeah sure. well, before
0: we start though because this is a new show people might know, not know who you are so you want to give a little like background introduction on yourself
2: yeah sure so um i am a self-professed smallmouth junkie <laughs> um uh, whenever whenever i run into someone like you know at work or something that you know they don't know anything about me they see my tattoo or something like a small mouth tattoo in my form they're like you know I'm like yeah you know i host a small mouth podcast i own a small mouth clothing company like i do nothing but fish for small mouth so like i don't know what that says about me but I'm like, you know, (laughs) I, I just love smallmouth and I, I don't even know why I kind of gravitated towards that. Um, But man, it was something in my early twenties. I started like really targeting smallmouth and I just kind of fell in love with that species. And, you know, there's not an Indiana, there's just not a ton of opportunities to catch cool fish and i think Mm -hmm. smallmouth is the coolest fish that we have here there's we don't really have musky to speak of or like cool salmon runs or anything like that unless you go way up north so smallmouth is just one of those fish like i just fell in love with and you know i chase them all over the country i travel everywhere and um yeah man so that's that's me so host Smalley talk podcast if you haven't heard of it and own a Chegan brand so and you boys are always rocking the cheeking brand. Oh dude, I got my Matt, shirt on I don't belt. I don't know how I, I feel about it. that, dude. You didn't you didn't wear any any of <laughs> stuff. I think I'm gonna have to leave. <laughs> there you go. Hell yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: dude, this no. is my favorite shirt.
0: Dude, like the, I, the quest for 23 shirt. I wear it like two days a week, it seems like. Yeah,
2: it's gross, it's disgusting. <laughs> I, I like I like that shirt too. It's it's always like an outfit uh, faux pas. I'm like I always wear a Questor 23 hat, so I'm like, "Ah, I'm going to have to switch hats if I wear the shirt. I can't be matching, so my wife's going to make fun of me. (laughs) I think that, too, when I go to
0: the grocery. Usually, when I wear the shirt, I'll put my all-black NRS hat on. (laughs) Yep,
1: there you go. See, you guys think about that stuff, and my wife will be the first to attest. I'll go to the grocery store in some shorts. She gets mad because this is what I wear to Kroger in the winter. Shorts, Crocs. Sometimes I'll have long black socks on with my Crocs. And a sweatshirt, and then whatever hat, like it just doesn't dude, matter. It is nothing wrong care. with that, dude. Well, did you get it, that it's hat?
2: security in your relationship, dude? She knows you're not trying to pick up chicks. Yeah, hat, exactly,
1: one hundred percent. I like don't I don't care at all. I purposely go out to try to look as clownish as possible, so she knows how much I love her. I'm gonna say that. That's that's yes. See, now that's she exactly can't ever get what you mad. should say.
0: <laughs> Matt bought the uh, Matt bought like a flower looking hat from. Oh, kayak cushion
1: I'm, yeah it's. it I think it's in the truck no it's upstairs uh, another joyous thing because I have so many see hats you wearing that all time M- my wife uh you know, she says that's one thing so I she bought me a big hat organizer go the back of my closet door which is dope because I have like 40 hats hanging from it now which it freaks me out every time I open it up because they swing and I'm like what is that and I like want to fight them <laughs> but anyway <laughs> I bought is a kayak cushion hat that has it's like a bunch of uh tropical flowers on it. And looks like a bro brain. hat. It it does. It looks like a the douche hat is what it looks like.
0: And I love that
1: thing. I was wearing it all the time, and she was finally like, you have to stop wearing that hat. And I was like, Why? She's like, People are staring. I was like, I don't care.
2: We need to come out with some more flamboyant. We we need to have more flamboyant stuff at the cheek. And I my one of the guys that does the artwork, uh Andrew, he's like Always pushing for doing some like more out there stuff, and I'm like, I don't know, man. I just wouldn't wear that, you know. So I'll wear it. Yeah, I think we need I to. I think we need to go out a little bit more. Get some pinks, you know. Get some flowery stuff. Nothing wrong <laughs> so. with it. It's great. It's awesome. <laughs>
1: and anything, people will stare at the pert like me. I'll be wearing it. And they'll be like, "What is that?" <laughs> and then they'll look and yep, look it up and be like, "Oh, they actually have cool dude. stuff." Yeah. And then they'll buy all yeah. So yeah, I had a lady sure. at
0: Kroger ask me what my shirt said. I, I was wearing the one that said Achigan with the bass on the front. She's like, what is mm-hmm. Achigan?
2: Atch- <laughs> yeah. She thought Atchigan. it was a cool yeah. shirt,
0: though. That's why she asked.
2: Yeah, I get a lot of comments on those depending on where I'm at. So it's it's always cool, you know, when you're somebody asks you about your own brand, you know, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I just tell them what it means and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, we've had a lot of fun with it. Smaller games is about half over right now, so we got. A, have you guys been seeing the twenty inch leaderboards? Mm-hmm. Even paying attention, you boys need to start. You need, need to start playing for Team Ohio, dude. <laughs> I got. I only got one this year. Hey, submit it, dude. It don't matter. Like <laughs> okay, yeah, it, it goes. To, it goes towards the leaderboard, uh, but yeah, we got Indiana. I just did one, and I haven't even released it yet. Uh, so. Um, Ohio's still hanging in third, so we got Pennsylvania, Indiana, and Ohio on there. It's
0: close, man. It's closer than I thought it was going to be. It's
2: really close. Yeah. I just got to go – all the Indiana guys, they go out of state and steal other states' fish. So that's our (laughs) (laughs) MO. That's funny. Uh, Yeah. all right. Bring them back to Indiana we got Ryan Dole, so
1: he can just carry it. It's fine.
2: I know. You guys have uh, Erie, too. So I feel like yeah. there's a little bit of a disadvantage for Indiana. We don't really have any place like that where you can, like, you know, go within the state. So we got to, you know, take trips. So kind of the rule is, like, wherever the game piece ships, like, that's what it counts towards. So it's where the angler lives. Um, so it's easier for me to, you know kind of calculate it and stuff. So dude,
1: I want somebody to come yeah. from like Washington and fly to Erie for like a week fishing and just Washington <laughs> fly up where, where the could, smallmouth dude. where the smallmouth bass is technically an invasive species and it's a kill on site
2: fish. <laughs> and they just become <laughs> <Yeah>. the best. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. I mean you can like there's guys uh you know like uh we got a guy from Canada that's playing and it's like dude that's not even fair like he's got some like fishes up there and just like crushes it and he's like got he had like 19 in like a week and he's like oh yeah i need to go back out and fish for a couple days that's crazy yeah we're just all playing somebody else's game honestly dude just (laughs) just toying with us so (laughs) um but yeah, man. Well, thanks for having me all, guys. I'm excited. Yeah. It's cool that you guys kind of spun off. I, I saw the, the um, smallmouth on the logo, which I very much appreciate. Heck so, yeah. I uh, <laughs> oh, would yeah. expect nothing less from you too. So. Yep. <laughs> uh, so, that's yeah. A good, yeah, it's cool. cool.
0: That's a good way to transition, I guess. We can start off. So, we just got out of spawn here in Ohio, and we're – I think we're transitioning out of post spawn. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that. Like the spawn to post spawn transition. Do you know why it's so hard to catch fish during that time period and where they sit?
2: Yeah. So I think you have a couple things going on there. So, uh, one, when the fish spawn, like, okay. So you have. You know, the males kind of go up, make the beds, then the females, you know, come on, they drop their eggs. Uh, I mean, the fish kind of do their little dance in between and, you know, uh, the females, you know, get, get their eggs fertilized or whatever. And then the, you know, the female drops their eggs and, um, and then they'll stay on the nest for a little bit and the females kind of come off. And when they come off, like they've been pretty much like physically depleted. Like they're like, if you've ever caught one on, on a bed, like towards the end of spawn, like they're like pretty ragged. They're all beat up from like, you know, keeping the nest clean. You know, they, they just lost all their eggs. Um, they haven't eaten pretty much the whole time they've been on that bed. Um, and that's why pre-spawn is so good, right? Because they're mm-hmm. feeding up to prepare for that time, just like, you know, a grizzly feeds up for hibernation, you know, they're like preparing for that time. So, you know, after the spawn, the females move off and then the males kind of move on, you know, and start what we usually see is like fry guarding. Mm -hmm. Um they'll 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 guard the nest before the eggs hatch, but they'll you know once the eggs hatch and you get a little fry, like they'll stay on the nest for a while and fry guard. So, you have a couple things in post bond going on. One, the females are like just re- straight up recovering. So they're just like mm-hmm. white. And I don't know if it's as much where they're at as like they're just not in a mood to do anything. They're just resting. Yeah. And the f- males, when they're fry guarding, they're like super, super aggressive. Mm-hmm. So, and when the females move off, they don't go very far. Like, if you could see a bed, like, I think a lot of times the females are just like, you know, in some area that's like real close to their bed. Um, but they're the males like right there. So anytime a lure comes within 10 feet of that bed, like they're crushing it. Yeah. Um, so you have like these hyper aggressive males that are hitting everything in sight around the bed and the females are just worn out. They're just like re- recovering. So there's this like short period of time I don't even think it's that long It's two, two or three weeks maybe after the spawn mm-hmm. that like that's going on. And then you have, you know, after that, like you, you'll st- probably still see some of the males like they'll kind of still be on beds, but they'll start getting less like committed to it. Mm-hmm. So they'll just mm-hmm. kind of like be cruising around the area and stuff. And then that's when the females like kind of like re- recouped and they're ready to kind of do their post spawn feed which is you can be good it's it's mm-hmm. fairly short-lived but like that last tournament that I won that's what was going on like there okay. were there were females that were feeding post-spawn and they had recovered enough where they were like ready to eat and they weren't super fat yet cuz when you catch them you can kind of tell like they're still spawned out yeah and uh they're not quite there yet the males you're starting to see like they're getting a little chunkier, um, they're because they've been eating uh, garden that fry, um, and the females are still kind of in that post spawn, but they'll they'll eat and usually you can find them somewhere close to where the beds were at. So mm-hmm. that's kind of like, sometimes it'll be like, you know, there might be a little like tree or riffle or something kind of next to like a spawning flat. That's kind of where. I found them. So it's it can be a fun time to fish. It's just really finicky. It's hard to mm-hmm. know when exactly that is. Um, just like spawn can be funky, dude. If you don't have clear water, like we had a tournament. Um, like, so it wasn't the last grubby tournament I fished, but the one before that um, on the White River that, I don't know if you guys saw Nathan Pickering. He mm-hmm. put up 98 and a quarter inches. Yeah. white river which is just freaking that's awesome yeah Yeah. and i I had fished the day before him because me and him are buddies and we are kind of texting about like you know honestly the spot where he did that he like asked me "Is like dude can you leave my spot alone (laughs) because i knew where he was gonna (laughs) fish, (laughs) and uh i was like yeah dude i'll 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 leave it alone i was like i'll go to a different spot because he basically told me about it about three years ago. Yeah. This like this place is unbelievable. These huge fish have beds in this little flat. And he knew I was probably going to go there if he didn't say anything. Um, And I absolutely was. Um, (laughs) uh, But what was funny is like, so I think there was a full moon or something at play around that time. But um, then, so I went to where, I was like, I knew where there some other beds and a uh, dude, there were no fish on beds that hmm. the day before. And like we had some kind of full moon. I think it was a full moon. The night in between him and I, um, fished and the fish went from not on beds to on beds. The next That's day. Crazy. And yeah. he crushed them. Like he had 98 inches by like 10 AM. Like it was, wow. like wow. That's yeah, crazy, it was like, man. Yeah. It was crazy. Um, So, uh, there's every, every, there's no time of year where the, that's the thing we love about fishing. Right. Is it's like always sort of a guessing game. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. guys, I hear guys always say, Oh yeah. You know, fish do this and fish do that. Like, we don't know what fish do, dude. We're kind of just like. Runs through my mind all the time. Yeah. I mean, we're just, it's this huge puzzle and like when you're on the water, you're kind of putting that puzzle together and you're kind of seeing pieces of the puzzle, but you're like not quite sure what that part of the puzzle is. But then you kind of maybe you put two or three pieces together and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, okay, I'm starting to figure that side out. But like, and there's been days where it feels like the whole puzzle's put together, mm-hmm. you know, but like, you know, you just kind of it's a very much a guessing game, very much so just instinctual. And uh, there are certain like habits you can do on the water in certain times of year that. Make you more successful than others, but everybody has, everybody has days where you go out and you're just like, dude, I suck. Like, yeah, yeah, that's been Brad, me the
0: last three weeks. I say, <laughs> Brad,
2: Brad gave me the
1: best. We were talking about this; it was months ago, and I was like, yeah, I read this, and Brad's like, yeah, the fish don't read the same magazines you do. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's really true. Glenn I Young mean,
0: from it, Z-Man told me that.
1: I know, and then you told me it, and I was like, yeah, I mean, that's that makes total total sense. Because like you said, it's like a puzzle. We can try to put a pattern together, but I Mm -hmm. mean, we've all been out pre-fishing and we have a pattern and then day of fishing, your pattern is not doing anything for you. And they're not biting a jackhammer. They're biting a crankbait now and it's, you have to change everything up. So yeah, I know exactly where, you know, you're coming from and how it is. It is like a big puzzle that we almost
2: never have completely filled. So, yeah. I mean, there's days where you feel like it, but I mean, I think it's a lot of it's a li- the the thing that separates guys who are like really good because then you have like you know real high end anglers like you know Kevin Van Dam and Jim Wheeler and those guys that do that. Mm-hmm. But I bet you if you sit down with those guys, they kind of tell you the same thing. Like I don't know what I'm doing. Like I'm just out there kind of <laughs> like I can just do it faster than everybody, and like yeah, you know, or they're like you know can do it more consistently. Or a lot of times I think those guys who are doing little things just a little bit differently than everybody else. Like their cat, they have this like, you know, kind of sixth sense that they're like, Oh man, I think there's a fish behind that rock or instead of this, these other 10 rocks, you know? Yeah. And it, it's like this kind of deal where they have this, like, they don't really know why they think that, but they're thinking it. Um, Cause I, I think a lot of guys try to boil fishing down to this almost like black and white, you know, like, mm-hmm. oof. If I just knew how to use this technique or use this bait or if I knew this spot, you know, and it's like, yeah, does it come down to spots and baits sometimes? Sure. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times it's, it's a combination of everything. Yeah. Like, and it could
0: be as simple as like cadence of a lure. Like somebody oh, else come. can just, you know, like wind their lure in just a split second slower than you. And
2: that's what triggers the fish. Bro, I've. <laughs> I don't know if you guys listened to the episode of Smalley Talk after we went to Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. um, but so we went out there with Randy Long, who um, is a guy that lives on. He lives on the Juniata River, and the dude just like clearly. I was like, after fishing with him, for, with him for three days, I was like, man, this guy just knows that river like on an intimate level, and there's just yeah there's nothing that anybody like he would just smoke anybody on that river. And we were like in Chris's jet boat and we're literally parallel with him on the river. So like we're on the exact same line on the river that he is from left to right, but he had positioned his boat wherever in the middle. And he, he couldn't have been more than 20 yards from us. Him and Derek burton was on his boat dude they were literally catching fish every cast That's like crazy and chris and i were like 20 yards from them dude we could not buy a fish and like we're like what the fuck is these or are these guys doing that we're not doing and like chris ended up having a meltdown like he literally <laughs> had a meltdown on the boat dude and was just like I finally had to calm him down. And like we ended up, we ended up going a little bit further down river and catching fish. But like sometimes you can't explain it. Like, dude, he literally took out a full size rat swim bait. We were all catching fish on tech, like finesse techniques. Mm -hmm. He throws a rat swim bait behind his boat and was like jigging a rat swim bait, was catching them every other cast. I was that's, like, what is That's this? weird. Who is this guy? <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's insane.
1: But I, I like I see where – I know where you're coming from because it was me and Brad had gone out a couple weeks ago, and we were throwing kind of the same techniques, and I had just – it was a water discharge. I threw a crankbait up there, caught a fish, oh, yeah. threw a crankbait up there, caught a fish, threw a crankbait, caught a fish. And then he tied a crankbait, and it was, I mean, pretty close in color. I think you had a shad imitation on too, and I mm-hmm. don't know if I was rolling mine a little bit slower if I was burning it a little bit faster, I don't know what it was, but I was catching them fine. And then, you know, Brad, same spot where I was pulling fish out, it was the same thing. So, and then that happens backwards where I'm throwing the same black jig that Brad's throwing or the same med rig and he's pulling 37 fish out of a log and I can't pull a fish out of anything. So... Yeah, it's, it's hard to explain
2: sometimes. Dude. It, it yeah, makes no like, sense,
1: and yeah. I'm like, I'm like your buddy because I have meltdowns. I'm like, this is stupid. Like,
2: <laughs> yeah. But I just... Oh, I know. Yeah, it it does get like that. But so whenever I come on a podcast or we're like talking and stuff, I always like to kind of bring it back to that. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes like I think. I do well in some of those tournaments and like, I don't really know why. Like I just, it's probably some like subconscious thing that I'm doing that I don't even know. Um, You know, I, it's just, and cause sometimes you just have poopers, you know, you go out there yeah. and you're just like, man, I couldn't do anything there. Or you barely scratch together a limit. And you're just like, mm-hmm. man, you know, or you, you know, and it probably you're in the wrong place or the, you know, fish just, you weren't, quick enough to adjust or whatever. But I think there's certain things like over the years, a lot of us just experience you get out there and you see things, mm-hmm. you know, 20 times, 40 times, a hundred times, 500 times, a thousand times. And then you're like, you have this like repetition and then you're mm-hmm. kind of like, yeah, I've been here before. Like, yep. I'm going to go on this side instead of that side, or I'm going to, you know, cast up on this tree instead of that tree or whatever. Um, and, you know, river fishing is a little bit different than lake and, you know, I think it is more instinctual than lake fishing, mm-hmm. you know, lake has become, lake fishing has become a lot of like, you know, you got to have electronics and you're like, um, you know, really searching for, you want like those guys with live scope, they like, you have to see the fish on mm-hmm. the screen, mm-hmm. yeah. which is kind of crazy to me, like, the, that that we've come to this point where yeah. <laughs> we have to physically see fish on a screen yeah. you know because people used to joke about that with electronics oh you're shooting you have a fish finder i'm like that ah, doesn't work like that you know you can't like yeah. see the fish well you can see the fish now yeah <laughs> you know uh um, pretty crazy yeah like or river fishing that doesn't work on you know you're you can't like sit on a hole and like live scope you know, unless it's the winter time or something, I was like that's that. what
0: I was curious about. Like, I was wonder how th- how well that would work in the winter time,
2: but I probably find out this it. winter, dude. Chris and I are both gonna have live scope. There you go, jet boat, so we're gonna find out if that works I, or not. But. I'm excited
0: <laughs> to hear the episodes, that's kind of cool,
2: yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, man, uh, summertime's fun, it's um, summertime smallmouth fishing in the river is like, I feel like from about you know, right after the spawn, maybe like two or three weeks, you know, until maybe like the end of September, you kind of have like a very consistent, like that fishing's pretty much the same. Yeah. You know, the, you know, yeah, water conditions can change and kind of cause the fish to do different things. But for the most part, like those big fish aren't moving like really far, they'll, they'll move back and forth from, you know, in an area But like they're going to be pretty much like, you know, doing the same thing every day until, you know, until they start to like feel like it's time to go towards their wintering spots and, you know, start feeding up for the winter. But um, it's fun, dude. I feel like you can consistently do well, but you do have you run into those low and clear conditions and some guys love it. Some guys hate it. You know, for me, I I have fun with it. It's fun to, to do along clear. So,
0: yeah, so, I just yeah. go ahead, Matt.
2: No, you're good. You're good.
0: I just don't know where they set up for that summertime bite. So, I've always heard like mornings and evenings, heads and tails of riffles, maybe. And then later, like middle day, they'll go back down the deeper water and shaded areas.
2: I don't, you know, there's really no like, I won't say that all the big fish are going to the same spots. I think they're all kind of in their own spot. So they all kind of have a territory that they're staying in. Mm -hmm. But to say like, yeah, in general, can you catch bigger fish in moving water in the mornings and evenings? Yes, you're right. Like that's and the reason why like that's moving water is like a feeding spot. So yeah. like they're gonna be actively feeding in those areas. But guess what? So are all the other fish. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. to like catch a big fish in a moving water, yes, you can do and that's like a general rule of thumb. They'll probably be there in the mornings and the evenings. Um but um they'll they'll eat wherever if you can find they'll they'll eat whatever time of the day if you can find them. They're just like really kind of tucked up and like tighter to cover and tucked up in areas um more towards the middle of the day but you know there's no hard and fast rules for that you know i think it's it's that's where in the summertime i think there's a couple things you need to consider like okay if it's low and clear right like big fish are very easily spooked Mm -hmm. like how many times have you been in a kayak floating down a river and like you're like, oh, oh, there goes an 18. Yeah. You know, yep. it's like, it's gone. You know, like they don't, they don't fuck around with like being like hanging out when they know fit, people are there. Like they're gone. The little fish, they'll stick around or they'll like swim away a few yards and come back. Mm-hmm. You know, big fish, dude, they're like on, they're on it. Like, and I don't know if that's more if they know what a fisherman is or a person is, or if they just like see something big and they see it as a threat, like it would be the same thing as seeing a big shadow of an Eagle or an otter or something. They just like, yeah, they don't screw around in that. Like they're gone. Um, so the big thing is like, to me is getting close enough to them to catch them without spooking them wherever they're at. Um, because I don't want to give away a lot of uh, some of my like hard and fast secrets here on air, oh, but yeah. um, I can tell you this like, okay, I'm, I'll, I'll put it this way in the summertime. If you're floating downstream and you're making any noise at all, like your noise travels downstream with that current way further than you think it does. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, even hitting one single scraping a single rock, like, you got to think, like, the water's flowing downstream. So, like, all your noise and stuff is going with it. Now, reverse that and say, okay, I'm going to go against the current. I'm going to mm-hmm. go upstream, which is harder to do, right? It's like, if you're Unless in a you river... A yeah, right, yeah. Or k- Kai guys in general, they just, like, want to float point to point they want to go downstream you know um it's harder to go upstream you know even with a motor it's like you're getting skinny water you got to get out you got to drag and all that stuff but if you're dragging upstream over a couple rocks guess what your noise is getting washed back behind you yeah um whereas if you're going downstream all that noise is in front of you so it's a thing for me and i'm not saying you have to do upstream approach every time but uh, like it's for big fish it makes a huge difference so like upstream approach is a is a pretty big thing like i do almost every time from about june to september i'm doing upstream approaches Mm. um and then uh, you know on top of that i'm making super long casts especially when i come up to an area where i'm like you know, it's hard to fish an area low low and clear spots if you don't know where the good spots are. Mm-hmm. But if you're, like, familiar with a river and you're like, yeah, I've caught fish here, I've caught a big fish here in the past, or this place looks really good, it looks like a good spot for fishing, whether that's, like, a riffle or push water or something, sure something sort of, like, juicy, you know, like, and you know it's coming up, dude, I... I will back way off of that. So I'll like come up and almost like, dude, you would probably laugh at me when I'm fishing because I like legit, like I look like a ninja out there. I'm like crouched down low. I'm like taking super slow steps and I'm getting like a hundred feet from the spot. And I'm like throwing as far of a cast as I can and trying to get it above the area. Because if you cast right in the area, you can spook fish too so mm-hmm, i yep. try to get above the area let my lure kind of come down into that spot naturally and i feel like doing all those things you're increasing your chance to catch a big fish like mm-hmm. and this is low and clear water in summer it's not always like you know i laugh some like the swim bait guys they're like Oh man, I can throw this like two ounce, three ounce, like swim bait and smack it on top of the water, and none of the fish are gonna get scared. I'm like, dude, that's not true because I've seen it happen. Yeah, yeah. Like, maybe in certain environments you can get by with that, but I know, dude, I've seen a fluke spook a 20 inch fish before. Like that's crazy because I've thrown it too close to it or whatever. Now sometimes they'll instinctually react and hit it. But I've also seen it hit and I don't know what's going on at the time. If it's like, you know, if like the fish is like more spooky once, you know, if it's like heat of the day or whatever, I you know, and that's probably more of your morning and evening thing is they're less like they're less like that in the morning and even because they're just in that like I'm feeding mode. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of get up on them in the moving water and you can like catch him, you know, cause there's more turbulence and stuff and they're not, they're in that, like I'm eating, I'm eating, I'm eating, they're distracted. If they're sitting underneath a shade tree and three foot of water in the high sun, you know, like, and you throw something right on top of them, a lot of times they're just going to, they're gone. You only see them swim off. Um, so just it, one of the best things to do, read Tim Holschlag's book, um, I can't remember. So he has two books. I think it's like there's like Creek Smallmouth and River Smallmouth. Do if you guys haven't read that book, or those both those books, find a copy and read it. Um, I've heard they're like, good.
1: Looking up right now,
2: bro. I'm telling you, like that the smaller of the two, it's like Creek. I think it's called Creek Smallmouth or something like that. Um, it's it's so that book changed the way I fish. And there's a ton of crap in that book that, like, I – it's, like, outdated. Like, he talks about, like, all kinds of, like, old equipment and crap. It's, yeah. like, kind of, <laughs> like, yeah, 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 whatever. But there's a couple – one of the things in that book that I, like, I've read it probably six times is, like, he talks about stealth and, mm. like, how easy big fish um, – get scared off and i see guys all the time man they're just like i go fishing with guys and they're like yelling and like talking loud and we're coming up to a spot and i'm like dude shut the fuck up like <laughs> it's not like you're gonna scare everything away you know and there's a time when you can do that yeah but like rad. i'm in... <laughs> i know i i do it all the time i'm an idiot on the river <laughs> well i mean we all like to have fun, and <laughs> I don't take myself too seriously if I'm just like fun fishing. But yeah. in a tournament, dude, I'm like locked in, like I'm a I'm a ninja. Oh yeah, Um this book so, is sixty five dollars. Yeah, I think. He, well, he died. Uh, he was he was on our podcast, like one of the early episodes. Yep, Um I listened uh, to that one. Yeah, I think he's sort of. um I'm trying to think if I I definitely have a copy of it. It's Stream Smallmouth, That's what it's called. Stream Smallmouth Tactics or Stream Smallmouth. Fishing. I think River you can smallmouth. Get at the, fishing. I think you can so get it at the, the library too, Matt.
1: Tim Hall. I was talking about that the other day. This has literally nothing to do with what we're talking about, but I I, <laughs> I haven't had a library card in forever and I kind of want one again.
2: I don't know yeah. why. I just have it they have ebooks now. It's a library. Matt
1: loves what? books on tape. i bought say I do Audible. So like <laughs> yeah. I, this year, I've read sixty-seven books this year. And Dude, that's like, awesome. you know what I need. I need a library card. My wife's like, "Why you don't read?" And I was like, "Just because I listen to a book doesn't mean I don't read." What's your favorite
2: think, book you've read this year? Uh, th- this year,
1: th- this year it's probably well. It's a so it's a series. So I I'm into like military sci-fi stuff. Oh, that's so, cool all the books i'm I've listened to have like the lowest number of books in a series are like 11 so yeah. uh expeditionary force great series there's like 24 books so especially if you're getting into audible you will have a, you get a credit every month or like me i get the three credits a month because I go through books so quick you can all have right. a new book for 23 months straight because they're like 30 Eight. hours long okay so that's that's either that one or see now I got to pull up my audible Give me a second. I'm, I'm pulling up the pulling up the cheese. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, I'm reading the Captain right now, which is a Derek Jeter autobiography. That's pretty dope. Oh, yeah, That's cool. Uh, and then let me see. See if that read. See, see if that
0: small mouth books on there.
1: I did. It's not. I don't know. Oh, that sucks.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I got Audible's into cool. the
1: the Jack Carr books. Um, uh, Amazon came out with the series. Uh, oh crap! This is gonna take me off. What was it called? It's 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 a series based off the terminal list. So me and my wife the watched terminal that. List
2: was a sick show. Great like
1: show. That. Books are yeah. even better. So okay. he's got like <laughs> seven right. books. So there's that. But also I just found this book for nineteen ninety-five, so I'm probably gonna
2: buy it. Okay. There you go. It's well worth it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that so the stream swallowed one is a smaller one. It's probably the one I've read the most, but the River swallowth one is the one that he like there's like a second edition. I think it has everything that's in the stream smallmouth one, but it's like mm. there's just more stuff. <laughs> the stream one's like more condensed. Actually, I might I might pick that up and read it again. I haven't read it in a while, <laughs> but um, but yeah, you know, he's kind of one of those guys. Like I like, I'm like, man, when I get old, like I hope that's how I'm remembered. You know, it's kind of yeah. like smallmouth yeah. dude. Um, but he like, you know. He, he owned the domain smallmouth.com and like he wrote those books and he would do like, he started the, um, I think it was the like Midwest smallmouth Alliance that started all these little smallmouth clubs around the country that, you know, tried to do the, got all these like, uh, catch and release regulations put in place and stuff for smallmouth. So did a lot of good work, but dude, he obviously fished a lot of different places. Mm-hmm. So you I think when you fish a lot of different places, it gives you some perspective on like how smallmouth behave mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. in common with each other in all these different places. And you start to see like, oh yeah, this is they all do this stuff. Um and he has a lot of good good stuff uh, in those books. So and he has a list of rivers in the in the back um that are like it's kind of crazy. He's like goes through all these like awesome smallmouth rivers and like i've sort of like used that as like this bucket list i'm like oh i need to go here and fish here and fish here uh so some of the uh rivers are kind of past their prime but yeah there's a lot of rivers in there like otherwise i wouldn't even have heard of so um Mm. so yeah cool book but but yeah man i mean i would say that um you know stealth long leaders i use like a real long like Fluoro leaders. I don't throw ever throw straight fluoro, but you know anything like you're just not throwing braid over the top of them. Um, And then um, you know I don't think as much like the lure itself matters, except um, I think you need to sort of like look at the conditions you're in, and in clear water. You know, I always look at, I mean, I'm a flute guy. That's what I like throwing. But the reason I like throwing it is because it's super versatile. So mm-hmm. I can, like, work it fast. Mm-hmm. I can work it slow. I can stop it. I can let it sink to the bottom. I can do all kinds of things with it. Um, and a lot of the rivers I fish are, like, more, like, bait fish forage type rivers. So they're mm-hmm. less crawfish, more bait fish. Um, and I think you'll find that a lot of rivers transition from a baitfish river to more of a – or from a crawfish river to a baitfish river as the season goes on because mm-hmm. the baitfish are starting to get bigger and more plentiful later yep. in the year. And that's why I end up throwing a fluke. But, I mean, dude, like, you know, the standard rules apply, you know, throw, like, top water in the mornings. And then, you know, I t- I'll, like, usually just throw, like a some, like, a fluke all day long you know Mm. i just that's what i do um but like you can throw top water all day long and a lot of guys stop throwing that in the mornings top water is a big dude yep
0: well i know the wobber plobber catches big fish but i don't have much luck on it but once i like move over to like a popper or something it's like boom big fish magnet i don't know what it is
2: i've seen you throw you throw that rico don't you
0: i do yeah
2: yeah, yeah, those are sick. They're money. Jason Myers
0: got us all on them. Yeah, yeah. we had yeah. Them that
1: guy on obviously them on the show.
0: Fish. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. Jason's <laughs> a, a whisper, he's like dull. Um, yeah. but we had them on the show, and there's a lot that goes into those Ricos. They haven't really changed it at all since they came out, and it's actually switched hands, but there's a lot that goes into those Ricos to make them different than everything else out there. But that's that's one thing that you know you mentioned throwing top water in the morning and guys put it down. I'm that I'm I'm guys, just because it's always been you throw top water in the morning and the evening and then you don't pick it up during the day because they're not active enough to eat. Well, I've learned that that's bull because Brad will throw a popper at one thirty
2: and it's ninety eight
1: degrees outside and fish <laughs> will just smack it
2: yeah. like it doesn't matter. Oh yeah, it's a big fish bait like I you'll get a lot of the smaller fish that'll leave topwater alone in the middle of the day. But that's a lot of times what you're competing with, depending on what river you're in. Like if you're in a river with like a good population of smallmouth, like a lot of times you're, you're not necessarily missing the big fish. You're just like catching the little ones before the big ones. Right. And, and some of that has to do with like where you're throwing your bait and all that. But um, yeah, it makes a big difference. So the other thing I would say that I see a lot of guys miss when it comes to low and clear water in the summertime is like sight fishing Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and it's sight fishing is hard. It's hard to do because like, if you don't know, if you don't know what you're looking for, a lot of times you'll mistake small mouth for like a carp or, Mm -hmm. you know, or you'll see it too late. You know, a lot of times you'll like see the fish too late. Um, but if it's low and clear, like one of the things that's going on right now um, is we're having the uh, long-eared sunfish spawn. So, mm-hmm. like usually about like mid to late June, you'll see beginning of July, you'll start to see like little like long-eared sunfish beds everywhere, and they spawn in similar places to smallmouth. So you'll mm-hmm. start to see like, and their beds are way smaller, but they're like clean dude those fish like they clean their beds are like perfect circles hmm. and what you see big fish like big smallmouth in the middle of the day dude like straight up middle of the day we'll be cruising these flats where these spot these sunfish spawn and dude like i've caught some giants doing that and they're like places where you never think you'd see a big fish they'll be like the super sandy flat that's like six inches deep in the Mm -hmm. middle of the day. And dude, you'll see like two inch smallmouth, just like cruising through a flat, but like, you'll never see those fish if you aren't looking for them because they're gone, dude. Like I remember specifically one time, it was like two years ago, Chris and I were on the raft and we have a platform on the front of that thing. So you can like stand way up. And a lot of times what we'll do like on that raft is like this time of year, Like, one of us will get up there, and, like, we'll set the rod down, and the other guy will kind of row real quietly, and then we'll just, like, you know, we'll stand up as high as we can and just, like, look up ahead, and, like, you'll see some of those fish, like, way far ahead, because the smallmouth's so dark, Mm -hmm. is they, like, they stand out against, like, especially if it's, like, a sandy-type bottom, Mm -hmm. and like there was a couple years ago dude where we were like in the morning we figured out that they were feeding on those sunfish and we like dude i it was the craziest thing i was like standing up on that platform and dude you could it was like as clear as day i could see two smallmouth and i'm like those are giants they're up there swimming towards us so i was like i didn't even have my rod in my hand i was like oh shit I was like, hey, my rod, hey, my rod. And I, I it was like, I had to, like, get everything unhooked and cast to them before they got too close to us. Because if they got too close, they were going to see us, and they were gone. And, like, you know how that is. You're, like, fumbling around, and your hooks yeah. getting caught and everything, uh-huh. and your line's wrapped around your rod. And, like, dude, it was like, I must have did it just in time. And, like, I threw the fluke right on top of them. That's just dropped. And, dude, it dropped right in between them, and the bigger one just came up. Bam! Just smoked That's awesome. it. <laughs> it was like an H D dude. Yeah. And uh it was a twenty. And it was like that I would have never seen that fish five. I was just kinda looking fishing. You know, I put down my rod. Yeah. I was stand up. I'll stand up on my kayak. I'll stand up in my seat and I'll like try to get as high as I can, which I have that Hobie I eleven and it's hard to stand up in the seat in that thing, but mm-hmm. you know, I'd be kinda careful, but If I get way up in it, you can just that extra kind of eight inches worth of height, dude, you can see just enough where you can kind of scan and, um, you know, you might stand up for 30 minutes and not see anything or you might see small fish or whatever. But, you know, that's another thing you can do in the middle of the day is sight fish. Um, And that takes a little bit of like stopping what you're doing, doing a little bit different but next time you guys are out and it's low and clear, try that. Just like put your rod down, stand up, especially if you're floating downstream, because you can like put your paddle down, you don't have to do anything, and just like mm-hmm. just look, just look, and you'd be surprised, man. You'll see way more fish than you think you'll see. So it, it's kind of hard on the
0: great Miami, though, because like our, our water don't get extremely clear usually mm-hmm. usually after about two feet you kind of like lose the bottom yeah <laughs> but yep yeah, yeah. I, don't I know what you know. mean. <laughs> every yeah. everything you've mentioned so far is like stuff that I struggle with like even casting above where you want the lure to come down through I usually cast right on top of their head just because I'm an idiot I don't know yeah. <laughs> I'm not yeah. I'm not a stealthy person I'm loud I don't... yeah well, well and it- that's stuff I gotta work on.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's constantly working on it. like going back to what you said, you know, with the uh, sunfish spawn and they they'll roll up on flats and just start murking sunfish. Uh, that's one thing. I, at least myself, I don't know if Brad's done it. So on ours, I very rarely see bait fish, and I'll categorize sunfish, bluegill, all those. I categorize right. them as bait fish. We um, don't have many, and we don't we don't really have that. But one thing we, me and Brad, have done is you get those little. I call them silverlings, but they're little like minnows. They'll start jumping. And if you can look ahead of you, cause I've, I've kind of done that. Mostly it's because I, I'm not catching anything and I'm ticked off. So i am put my rod down so I don't break it in half and I'll look forward <laughs> and it's like a hundred, feet in front of us. You'll start seeing them jump. Yeah. Oh, and, so I've done, and I've done yeah. that before where I've seen them jump and I'm like, I'm, I'm just going to try it. And I think I had, I had a Ned rig on, but I had on my BFS setup, which Brad can tell you, I can cast that thing a country mile. You think I'm Kevin Van Dam, how far I throw that thing. So I was like, I'll just try it. And I just, like, best cast of my life, launched it and left it there. And I've got a ton of line out to where the reel's not big. I'm like, I can see the spool. And I just feel (laughs) and just hit it. And I was like, oh, man, I didn't have enough butt in that little rod to set the hook. I got them a little bit, but it wasn't a good hook set. But then I started every time I'd look forward and see those things jumping. I'm like, there's probably something there. They're not just jumping to jump. So now oh, i yeah. cast at them and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely look at your surroundings.
2: Yeah, observation's big, dude. Like, just, and, you know, there is a time when you're, like, you just need to cover water and you need to, like, mm-hmm. just put it on autopilot and cast. Especially if you got a pattern and you kind of know what you're looking for. Trust me, dude, I'm guilty of it. Like... I'll just, like, beat this pattern to death, and then, you mm-hmm. know, it's like, I thought I saw something, you know, and I was, like, started, you know, casting towards these areas with this bait, and then, you know, you don't catch anything for a while, and then you are just, like, start losing confidence in it, but a lot of it, dude, is, you know, stop fishing, pay attention, you know, you know, not necessarily, like, yeah, putting the rod down, but, like, just don't cast, like, every five seconds, just, like, wait mm-hmm. now in the springtime i'm casting like i'm trying to make as many casts as i can like, yeah you know or if it's like muddy water or something like i'm making as many casts as i can because one those fish aren't spooking and the other thing is like you just want to like you just want to cover water you want to fast moving stuff big big vibrations like you want to like get it out there but like glow and clear it's just not like that like you really just need to be more selective about what you're doing and you need to see stuff further ahead. And it's hard Mm -hmm. to do if you're just like... Because when you're casting, you're really just looking at what, you know, 15, 20 yards ahead of you at targets. And a lot of times that's just too close. Like, And sometimes they, you can catch fish like that or you'll catch like 16s, you know, like that. But if you want to catch like... 18 1920s like you either have to get lucky or you got to like really like look ahead mm-hmm. and you know and you know another thing is like shade in the middle of the day do those if you think about shade it's like that's just cover for them yeah dark yeah. you know so you, cooler you, water yeah if you can't see the fish like because a shaded spot like you know if you're looking at a sunny spot Right, you can see everything in the water, but as soon as a cloud goes over, it goes over and it's like, Oh, shit, I can't see anything. Well, yeah, that's all shade is to them is that's just like sitting underneath something where things above the water can't see them or they're like hidden. So yep. that's like in the shade changes, right? Like through you know, in the morning, it's on one side of the river and then it kind of comes over, it's on the other side of the river. So you're kind of chasing the shade. And then at, at noon, when the high the sun's the highest, the shade's the smallest. Mm-hmm. It's all like push you know as far close to the edges so a lot of times people think that's like a bad time to fish shade but dude that's the best time because your spots are so condensed Mm, yeah like when the sun's straight ahead overhead your shade is going to be as small as possible so like you can go and if you see like a real nice little you know tree that's overhanging that's got this tiny the fish is going to be right like you know where it's at you know it's right there Whereas, like in the morning, the shades are like real big because the sun's at an angle. So that makes sense. Um, little things like that to think about, you know. But again, these are all like kind of like general rules of thumb, and like fish don't follow general rules of thumb; they follow right. whatever the hell that they want to follow that day. And it's
0: yeah. more more yeah. more of a percentage game than anything. Yep, exactly. So you're putting yourself in like a higher percentage to catch a good fish if you follow these rules. Yeah
2: yeah for sure and some guys are probably listening and be like man that guy's full of shit that's not true. <laughs> but, um no. you know, these are just things that i've noticed like i didn't you know other than like the you know the kind of being quiet thing and stuff mm-hmm. like a lot of these things i don't like heard from anywhere it's just like learn you know i'm out there i'm doing it and i'm not even necessarily thinking about it while i'm doing it but you know you you catch two or three big fish in a row and then you're like
0: Hmm, oh, there's something about this, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: like okay, that's something I'm gonna kind of try to keep doing. That's all a pattern is, man. You know, pattern yep. is just like figuring out what the fish are doing that particular day. Um, and yeah, the, I think the harder the pattern in a tournament, the better you're gonna do because like it's harder, you just know everybody else isn't doing that same thing, right? You know, yep. Um, so, so yeah, man, that's uh. About the most bullshit I got for you guys. <laughs> I got a, well,
0: I got one other, one other thing, real quick. Um, yeah. If you are floating from point A to point point B, going downstream, before you get to like push water or a set of riffles, are you taking out and kind of like waiting or beating the bank or how, how you working that?
2: Yeah. So if I have a spot that I know is like coming up, and I'm like, dude, this spot's like." a good area where I know fish are at, and I'm floating towards it. Like one, if it's a big enough river, like I'm getting to the other side, like mm-hmm. complete, I'm like jamming myself on the other side of the bank. So I'm trying to get as far away from it as I can. Then two, I'm being very careful about how I paddle. I'm not mm-hmm. slapping my paddle. I'm not dropping lures down in my, the bottom of my boat. Cause mm-hmm. you don't know if you've ever heard how much noise, a A jig head makes if you drop it in a hard plastic boat which is one of the things i love about that hobie because it's inflatable Uh, i almost can't make noise in that thing like even when i hit rocks dude it's like very very quiet um yeah dude it's like yeah it's awesome it's so quiet um so i'm getting off on the other side of the river and yeah like sometimes i'll get out of my boat it just depends on it depends on like what spot we're talking about but I'm just trying to get away from that. I'm trying to be super quiet. And then sometimes I'll even float past it and come turn around and cast back upstream on it if it's a very defined spot. Because the other thing you got to think about is like if you're casting downstream and you're pulling your lure upstream, like that's unnatural. You know, I think Mm -hmm. most people know that like you want your lure to go from like up to down. So like if you're if you spin around and get more of an upstream approach onto that spot, you can cast ahead of it and let your lure kind of float down. And like a fluke is a great lure for that. Cause I can, one, I can launch a fluke. Like I can launch it like super far with the spinning setup, mm-hmm. And then I can just let the current just take it into a spot. Like I don't even hardly do it. Like, I'm just kind of like keeping my slack on my line, just kind of made every once in a while, just, doom, doom, you know, just making a little, movement and this i let it float through a spot and you gotta think like a small mouth looking for a meal dude that's got to be like irresistible to them some like yeah. dead near dead shad like floating you know through where they're sitting at like they're gonna like take a look at that um so yeah that when i'm floating downstream those are things that i think about um if i'm being very like you know, if I'm not drinking <laughs> or, like, yeah. uh, uh, you know, just, like, being careless, like, I'm yeah. trying to uh, think about this. Or, you know, if I'm on a lake or a river that's, like, I'm not familiar with, sometimes I just, you know, I, I don't do well because I don't know where the spots are. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, there's spots on a river, you guys all know them, that you're like, dude, this looks like there would be huge fish in here and you just never catch big fish there. You know, it's like... yep can't explain it it's like dude there should be big fish here and then there's other spots where you're like yeah I've caught like five 18s here and I don't know why but they're just always here you know yeah yeah the only way you find those spots is just being on the water you know um, yep. more and, and getting that experience so but yeah man
0: so all right uh, one final question um, when you're fishing your flukes and stuff low clear water Are you scaling down on your line size?
2: No, I'm a. If anything, I I have pretty much the same size of line all year long. So I run too. Yeah, I run twenty pound, eight strand braid on my um, spinning setups, and I run thirty on most of my casting setups, and then I run either ten or well no i'll run 12 or 15 pounds fluoro leader and if i'm really worried like like the morning before or the night before a tournament and i'm like rigging all my stuff like what i do is i take the the spool of my fluoro and i make you know three arm like wingspan pulls mm-hmm. of my fluoro typically and i'll maybe make a fourth if, if I'm like, it's super clear. So those are, that's like how, you know, and I don't know how scientific that is, but you know, uh, th- that's just kind of how I do things. Cause I don't want to sit there and measure it. So, right. you know, I think like I have like, you know, I think I measure my wingspan they would have like a six, two wingspan. So I'm like, you know, maybe like a, let's say 18 foot leader to 24 foot leader, just okay. depending on what I'm doing. So I, I do run longer leaders. Uh, if if it's clear, you know, like if it's springtime, I almost always will run a, some kind of leader on a fluke, like in the springtime I'll run like, you know, maybe like a 10 foot leader, you know, but like if it's clear at all, like I'm running like that 18 foot minimum on it. So
0: that's cool. i have to try that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. i'm hopefully i'm good it, it's been low and clear here for dude i'm like i don't see it. you guys have had high water i'm like dude i wish i was we got a ton of rain there, last man. week oh you did okay yeah, yeah
1: we got uh, a lot of rain it, it had we had gotten no rain for what seemed like a month yeah and then we just got hammered with two days of three inch days so
2: lots mm. of rain we could use that here for sure um yeah, we're going up to Minnesota here in a couple weeks, oh, three weeks. Um, yeah. yeah, so they're low up there. So I'm kinda like I was looking at the forecast and they're supposed to get some rain, so I'm kind of hoping mm. get some rain because we're taking jet boats and kayaks and rafts and everything up there. So I want <laughs> we need fun. some water. Oh dude, yeah, float. Gonna, uh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna tear it up up there, dude. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I need to go fishing with you guys, man. Like I need to figure out a way whether me coming to Ohio I, I think we've said it a couple times last so time. Say
1: either on, but... either you come to Ohio, but I think what would be better is me and Brad come to you.
0: Yeah, you got you guys got the better river. You guys put up yeah. better limits. Yeah. I don't know about that. But, <laughs> oh dude, your guys' um, limits are better by far. Yes, they are.
2: White River's pretty good, dude. I, I yeah. will say it's become and it's not even my favorite river in Indiana. Like, you know, there's if if you guys come out here, I'll take you to some like rivers that nobody talks about so yeah and especially I'll, I'll make sure
1: to record the whole thing i mean <laughs> we, we were supposed
0: yeah. to come out there to white river last year but somebody justin backed out like the day before
1: yeah marshall you wiener
2: <laughs> uh so yeah if you guys come i actually have nothing so after this trip it's like this weekend july i have nothing going on until october so if we're you guys two have hours like, away yeah, I was, I was about gonna say. to say
1: like, yeah, it's not. It's a it's a morning. It's not even a morning trip. It's like a morning. It's like a commute for most people. Yeah,
0: I mean, Cravens yeah. came and fished with me on the Great Miami one time.
2: He came here yeah.
0: early in the morning, and went back home.
2: Yeah, yeah, if, yeah That's what I say. If you guys, I have one particular river. I think it's what I'm going to fish this weekend because I haven't fished it, but a couple times this year. Um, and I have like private access to a spot that um is. Really good, and it's cool. It doesn't get pressured as much as a lot of the other rivers around here, and it's big enough that, like, you can put two or three guys on it, and it's like no big deal. Um, oh, that's cool. so if yeah, if you guys come out here, I'll take you to to some good show you that good stuff. Um, but yeah, man, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll uh, we'll kind of see. I, I got angler of the year hopes for the White River series, so I got one, I've won two, two out of three on that oh, series yeah. and you I got, well, I need one more. because It's your best four. So yeah. I got a, I got seventh in the one that I didn't win. Um, so I need to get like a top three in the next, next one of the next two. Um, but yeah, man. Right river is good. It's underrated. Like for sure. So, yep. so cool.
0: yeah. Uh, you want to shout out some stuff before we end this?
2: Like, uh, social media yeah. and all that crap? Sure, yeah. Honestly, the, the two things I shout out is just Smalley Talk podcast. If you guys don't listen to it and you like small mouth, go listen to it. Um, we, we don't record a ton, but what we do record <laughs> is quality content. Um, Dude makes me laugh so much. <laughs> yeah, it's a funny, it's awesome. light, light, lighthearted show for sure. <laughs> um join wet boy nation and you'll find out what that is if you listen to it uh, but we're on all the major podcast platforms same one that you guys are on i'm sure we don't do the video thing um which we probably should but you know it's audio only um and then achigan brand a-c-h-i-g-a-n achiganbrand.com so uh small mouth apparel company and we do a thing called smaller games every year um we got a project in the works for that business we're gonna be doing a smallly snack shop here in the next year so we're gonna be like the first specialty small mile you know tackle retailer so Ooh. um yeah, let's yeah go. it's gonna gonna be like some badass stuff i can tell you like some of the guys that you that you know you've got featured on your podcast and stuff uh like rico and this we're gonna carry like the good stuff um oh, let's go, go. <laughs> yeah Sweet. so yeah, good stuff, and it's going to be like curated for smallmouth. So that's it's going to cool. be, and we'll have uh, not one we'll go too deep into it, but like different smallmouth destination areas. We're going to have like collections for those areas. So if you're going on a trip to like St. Lawrence, or you're going to St. Clair, or like Millax or something, we'll have like basically like tackle that's specific to those waters. So you can go like prep for your trip and get certain that's stuff. Sick. So yeah, it'll be cool
1: do one for the great miami just put like a heroin yeah
2: no joke um Jeez. there's a i mean honestly do you like eerie will be a big one we'll do i mean that's an easy one though you know you got oh like, yeah gobies and tubes yeah, and stuff like that gobies so... tubes and
1: yeah gobies and tubes and it, you <laughs> yeah. find a dark sleeper or
2: a little swim bait looking thing and you're good yeah for sure man but um yeah, dude, uh appreciate you guys having me on. I'll, as always, we we're going to do a next year. You guys will you guys have to come out for this. So, I need to get a hard commit from you. Um we're going to do so we hosted a charity tournament if you guys saw that this year. Yeah, I wanted um, to do that, but Yeah. It's all right. You don't even have to make an excuse, Brad. I know that <laughs> um it, I know you would want to be there, uh but so we're going to kind of pivot next year. We're going to be doing um a smallmouth festival slash team tournament. So it's going to be a two day. You're going to come, we're going to camp, have a HQ where everybody's just going to like party, drink, have fun, camp overnight. And then it's going to be a two day, two man tournament. So like, we'll have, you know, you're going to form your, get your teammate and you can fish both days. You can fish separate together, whatever. Um, But it's going to be smallmouth only. It's gonna, we're 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 kind of thinking of a name, instead. Of, you know, we're gonna call it the Smallmouth Bash. So, oh, there small you mouth go, Smallmouth Bash. Yeah, and it's so it's gonna be fun, dude. We're gonna if you guys come, you can record podcasts. We'll record our podcast We'll have, you know, uh, and it'll be all for charity. So we'll we'll everything will go towards charity. Mm-hmm. will and then the trophies and stuff that the winners will get will get donated. So, um, yeah, it'll be fun, dude so
1: that's sick that's so when when is it do we have an idea time next, frame
2: uh next year i probably we'll probably try to do it in the summertime or like late, late summer um i would say early fall would be like the latest we would do it um but i want it to be like in a time where like everybody can camp and be comfortable Yeah, like springtime dude you just get like storms and stuff so I try to do a summertime deal and uh like i said two days maybe even like three like friday night to like sunday afternoon is probably what we'll do yeah. and um but yeah two-day team tournament and like this past tournament we did it where you could so it's catch photo release but you could fish you could wade you can fish in a kayak you could fish in a jet boat whatever you want to we'll probably have a lake in play rivers in play creeks in play <laughs> so you can kind of choose how you want to fish where you want to fish um and the last tournament we did a six fish between the so your six biggest fish between your the two teammates. So um it was fun dude. We had a blast a couple weekends ago doing that. And I was like the team aspect was really cool because you're like Chris and I were on team and he was fishing a different day than me and I was like calling and texting him and be like where are <laughs> yeah. you at on the river oh you need to fish here you need to fish there you need to float over here like there's a big fish spot here like it was really fun so oh, that sound um but yeah we're gonna do that uh it's, it's gonna be more of a festival type atmosphere and hang out so yeah you guys so, have to come down for that for sure oh yeah for sure so, so yeah well oh, do. there we go yeah appreciate you guys so, yeah, oh, as
1: always, appreciate you coming on, man. Sharing some of the knowledge—not too much of the knowledge because we don't want to give it away to everybody—but <laughs> some of the knowledge. No, I gave I gave away
2: everything. I said I was going to give go away everything. That's all I got. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, for sure, guys. Well, um, yeah, let's for sure link up and uh, get get fishing this summer, dude. I got a good, nice little window of time where I can host some people. So, oh, we'll, we'll we got to get Nick
0: out there because I want to fish with Nick again.
2: Oh, my gosh. That guy's nuts, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <Next> <laughs> you 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 definitely don't forget your trips with Nick. Yeah. So. <laughs> a, he's a wild man. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. well, Matt, you got anything else, man?
1: I've got nothing else. Everyone appreciate you uh, hanging with us at the end of this one. This has been an awesome episode just talking about some of the things that me and Brad struggle, and I'm sure other people struggle with. Uh, definitely, uh, I'm going to – where I said I found that book for 19.99 on his website, it's not on there anymore. It lied to mm. me. So I found Damn. one on eBay that I bid for. So we'll
0: see if I get it.
1: <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's where we're at. So thanks everyone for listening,
0: Brad. You got anything else? Uh, just FYI, everybody, we're on all the uh, major platforms now. So Apple Music, yep. Spotify, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, and yeah. So nice. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Peace. Later, dudes. See ya.